0: Hello and welcome to Horrible Friends, we're a podcast and book club format about horror movies. This week we've got Ready or Not, and let me tell you, are you ready or not? Starting off, I'm Kyle. I'm Chris.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. I'm Mike.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm Dan. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm Jarvis, I am ready.
3: I know you did that on purpose too, you son of a bitch.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in general, the way this podcast works, we're gonna talk a little bit about the history of this movie, we're gonna talk about the plot, and we're gonna talk about a little bit of you know cin- cinematics and special effects, uh sound and music, and then we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up with a little spoopy meter. Uh I will say that Bonesaw is ready. and Dan, do you have the history of this?
5: of course ready or not um actually i don't i was not ready for this um Mm -hmm. no uh ready or not came out in 2019 the directors uh i'm sorry i just have to beat you know beat the dead horse beat it into the ground sorry uh anyway uh directors for this we have two directors we have matt bitnelly Olfin. And he is going to be directing the new Scream that's coming out next year uh, in twenty twenty two. VHS and Southbound, and the other director is Tyler Gillette, and he directed VHS, Books, and Southbound. They kind of work together on different things. The writers for this we actually have two writers as well are Guy Busick, who is known for writing. Uh, Castle Rock, Urge, and he's also working on the new Scream movie that's coming out in 2022. And R. Christopher Murphy, who also wrote Castle Rock and Deaths of Ian Stone, where he produced that movie. The budget for this is approximately $6 million. And it did very well in the box office, made about $57.6 And you can really see why. This is a good movie. Um, the runtime for this is approximately 95 minutes. Other twenty nineteen horror movies that we could have watched are Crawl, Midsummer, and Black Christmas. The tagline for this, I actually found three taglines for this, is A Killer Game of Hide and Seek. Yeah. There Yeah, that one's Yeah.
3: <laughs> they could have come up with a better,
5: better tagline for this movie. It well, well,
1: they, they came up with two others, right? Yeah, yeah. I, we have options. About,
5: <laughs> oh, we do. Oh,
4: sorry.
5: How about this one? This one for your freezing. They're coming. Hmm. Nope. Huh? <laughs> first, first. <laughs> first one's better. And the last one's my favorite. Save the best for last. In laws can be murder. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's better. Yeah. At least
2: it's yeah. Okay. I oh, good. I accept.
5: The film location for this is... Oh, you guys Don't. know where it's filmed. Don't. Huh? You Don't. know
2: where it's filmed. Don't say it.
5: It's filmed in the great white north, <laughs> Oshawa and Toronto, Ontario. Yep. <laughs> and um, just fun fact for you guys. The Ledormus the Le Estate is an actual... State it's called the Casa Loma, and uh, they've filmed That's amazing. Yeah, they filmed a bunch of things there. The new Rocky Horror they did like a TV thing with that. They filmed that there. They filmed X Men there. Um,
2: Billy so Madison
5: comes- is that the X Men mansion? I believe it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, is it really? Well, I yeah. so
2: I know that Billy Madison. Was also filmed there.
1: The greatest movie out of all those you've listed so far—that is the pool
3: from Billy Madison, and that is the iconic staircase that he dances down. It is. Hmm. So
2: you're dun,
3: dun, dun, dun.
2: Dan. You're sitting there and telling me that one of my favorite childhood movies was filmed in Canada.
3: Yes, <laughs> at least partially.
1: <laughs>
2: I feel sick.
1: <laughs> uh, has that shaken you to your core? Yes. Up. Um, and turned all your beliefs on their head.
2: Nope, rock flag and eagle. Are I'm you still... moving
1: to Canada and I'm... becoming a Canadian citizen? And we're gonna start talking about movies. These
2: are these are all ridiculous, ridiculous things that would never happen.
5: Well, I'm I'm very sorry to burst your boobles. but uh... <laughs> the... I mean, I, accents just accents are not you. you I'm very sorry to bust your booble. <laughs>
2: Was yeah, Dan. That yeah. Dan, that you know was what? a shitty accent. Was, all right, that, eh, that
5: was not so good.
1: good. <laughs> you should just keep keep
5: doing that one. <laughs> hey,
2: forget it. Forget about it, Dan. Forget about it.
5: Forget about it. The new clock. Ah, the fucking new clock. The new clock. We see some titties sometimes. Bada bing, bada boom. Nipples here, nipples there. In this movie, we good. don't see any nipples.
0: Got gabagool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i felt I, I felt sad about a lot of things about the no nipples about the canada but the gabagool that made me happy so thank you
5: thank you god you need some prosciutto in your life in order to make you happy ah god damn right <laughs> all right and with that uh yeah we have we have no nudity in this movie um which is you, great you know, you know it's fine um and with that, I'm gonna pass it over to Chris, who has our plot this week.
3: And uh, thank you, Dan. So movie opens. Uh, I did look this part up. It's uh it's the year 1989, and we see two young boys who are Daniel and Alex. They're running around the uh Le Domas mansion, and like uh Dana's got a lantern and they're just running like it's like they're being chased. Um and they get to this, like a giant, um, I guess it's like a cabinet or something of that nature. And Daniel opens it, gets and tells Alex to stay inside and keep the door closed. And at that point, all of a sudden, a man grabs Daniel, who is apparently his name Charles, and he's telling Daniel to help him. They're trying to kill him. You need to help me. And which Daniel just yells to the family, he's in here, which then. He gets shot by he has like two arrows in him. And he gets shot by a third arrow. And which I believe is the you're supposed to assume the family comes up, which they're all wearing masks and cloaks. And they pick him up and start to drag him away. While a woman in a wedding dress is yelling, No, please don't kill him. You don't have to do this. And as Daniel and Alex just watch what's happening, Charles is pulled into another room and the door is closed.
1: Yeah, it's a dick move by Daniel. Daniel oh, sold yeah. that guy out in a heartbeat. I absolutely. mean, I respect. I, I respect it. I, I respect <laughs> the move of selling other people out to save yourself, but dick move.
3: <laughs> it's different when it's not you, right? Oh, absolutely.
1: If anybody sold me out, I'd be like personally hurt, but I would sell them out in a heartbeat. <laughs> so there's
3: not
2: a there's not a kid in this movie that you don't want to punch right in the face.
3: Oh, I'm gonna get yes. to Georgie. Don't worry. Don't worry. Fucking little Georgie. Um. So now we uh, we jump to 30 crazy. years later. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, daddy. <laughs> um, so we cut to 30 years later, and we see a new bride. And this is our protagonist, Grace. She's, you know, going over her vows, and she is now joined by who is the now adult Alex. And, you know, have a little chit-chat about, you know, she is nervous about joining the family because they just kind of see her as a gold digger that just wants his money. And they joke about it a little bit, and now Daniel comes in, who is played by Adam Brody, who we've had before, uh, or talked about before in Jennifer's Body.
1: I'm fucking low-shouldered piece of shit band, shitty songs.
5: <laughs> uh, what was it? Discount uh, dashboard confessional. D- discount dashboard confessional. Yeah. Yes. Um, this this beginning scene with her sitting there, I thought that I was like, oh, okay, she's getting married. Like I went through a, it. It was a roller coaster for me. I went, oh, that's so sweet. She's getting married. And then, like the camera slowly panning down. The whole time, this camera slowly panning down, and it's going to eventually make it so you can see everything behind her through a mirror. So it starts at the top. And she's like, Yeah, I can't wait to get married. It's gonna be great. And I'm like, Oh, okay, she's getting married. That's beautiful. Like she looks very nice. She's talking to her bridesmaids. And like the camera starting to like pan out a little bit more. And I'm like, Oh, it doesn't look like anyone's there. Maybe it's like just her mom there. Maybe it's just one person. She's still talking to herself and still talking. And then like, you just see the room is completely empty. And I was just like, my first thought of her was just This bitch is crazy. That guy's got to (laughs) get
4: out of here.
5: I mean, if you've never
1: just had like a full-on conversation with yourself, then you're the crazy one. I thought I I would get some kind of support there, but uh, I guess I'm the only person that uh, talks to myself. Oh, um, Yeah, you. You make a very good point. Oh, thank you. You're, such, you're so kind. Stop, stop. Well, yeah,
5: we thought you were talking to yourself when you said, yeah. that. <laughs> "Yeah,
2: we just leave you be." Like we don't, we don't want to interrupt. I Not can't
4: of- stop the voices. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, as much as I love the casual conversation, like I do, love the one line he gives her. He's like, "Hey," because they're talking about like, "Hey, we th- there's still time. We can elope. We can do this." And she's like, "No, no, I." You know i want your family to like me i want their support and he goes like hey i'm giving you an out in the time that it took him to say those words he could have been like there's a 40 percent chance you're gonna die tonight like just ballpark just all right that's nope that's all i'm gonna tell you for now but all right you look good see you down there
5: yeah I, yeah i completely yep. agree with you like If this was supposed to be a saving grace for this guy, because he does it throughout the entirety of it, right? He's like constantly saying like, oh, you could get out now. Like, no, fuck this guy. He did not give her enough information. She's like, no, I love you. Why would I leave? Like,
4: F this guy.
3: No pun intended on uh, saving grace there, Dan. (laughs) Oh. Oh, hey. I did that on purpose. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely going to mention a couple more, at least several more times throughout this. Like, I... I liked Alex's character, but it it just you see throughout the movie that he he is very selfish, like one hundred percent. It's
2: yeah, he's feigning altruism the whole fucking time. Um,
3: And I'll also point out, like, even though he was in a discount uh, dashboard confessional, I would say this might be my favorite movie that Adam Brody is in, or like Hmm. my favorite Adam Brody performance of at least his character Hmm. Daniel in this movie. He did really good on this one. Um, so, yeah, uh, as Dan said, like, Alex tells Grace, like, you know, I'm giving you an out, like, you can leave. But no, she obviously she wants to stay. And uh, so then it cuts to them outside. They're, you know, getting taking the wedding pictures. Um, <laughs> some nice little banter between Grace and Daniel. And <laughs> Daniel just says, oh, you know, they just think you're a gold digging whore. <laughs> and then we but- also meet Daniel's wife, uh, Charity. Oh god! That's a yeah, very.
1: Man. I was just, I just that's a very pointed, direct thing to say to somebody that you think she's a gold digging whore.
3: Oh, but also, I think it's also at least I don't know if it's really mentioned before. He apparently is a huge alcoholic, so chances are he was already just drunk as shit at this point and just no
5: filter and just saying anything. This this whole scene like had a very nice like knives out kind of like mm-hmm. feel to it. Like oh yeah. it was, It was the very brightness that they used to it. And and they do this throughout the movie where they make the scenes look super bright at times and very vibrant and alive. And then they like bring it down like later on in the movie where like they just tone down all those colors. And I think it adds so much character to every shot that they're taking.
3: Uh, I think some of my favorite dialogue at this point is between uh, Daniel and his wife Charity as they're taking their picture and Charity's basically saying like, oh, you know, She'll never be one of us. And Daniel just responds with, well, of course not, dear. She has a soul. I thought that was really funny.
1: Yeah, I thought so, too. Just mm-hmm. achieve, dig at your wife. Yeah, those are always yeah. funny.
0: <laughs> Charity was
2: terrifying, though, man. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was turned on.
3: How as was I. I, found I, <laughs> I.
1: I did not want to be the first person to say it. but I
3: believe that's I. what's uh, called a fear boner.
1: The best kind of boner, real
3: uh,
4: I'm scrounged.
3: <laughs> um, we also get to meet uh, Alex and Daniel's mother, who is played by the fantastic Andy McDowell. She's amazing.
1: Yeah, you don't see enough of her anymore.
3: No, like as, as I saw her the first time I saw this movie, I was just like Rita. Yeah, like, not near Groundhog Day.
2: What? What happened to her? She is a treasure.
3: And I was as I was watching, I'm like, oh, it still looked great, Andy McDowell, fantastic. Um, she has a fun little dialogue with Grace of just like you know, uh, when I first joined the family, you know, they all kind of gave me shit too, they didn't belong. So you know what? You just stare them down, fuck them. And at first, I was like, phrasing?
1: Not- no, okay. she she meant she meant it that way.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, she- <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, but it is like obvious that like, well, it seems that obviously Alex's mom approves of her. Also very obvious that his father, Tony does not approve of her. And more obvious, the person who doesn't approve is Aunt Helene. Oh yeah. She
1: was terrifying. (laughs) Yes, She was terrifying.
3: Every scene of hers, she's just sitting hands down and just the angriest face.
1: It was the eyebrows. It, it, was was the drawn, the it was the it was the drawn on eyebrows, the silver
3: hair and drawn on eyebrows. They
1: do not convey any emotion, as normal eyebrows would. And yeah, she was terrifying from the first second you see her.
3: And even when like they, they you know, they have the wedding ceremony, everyone's standing and clapping. Aunt Helene's still sitting, hands down, just mm. so. They get married, and we cut to it's a little bit later in the evening. Alex and Grace are there, all right in his room, and, you know. And she kind of wants to get a little freaky, and that's when we, she notices a reflection in the mirror, and it's terrifying Aunt Helene just standing in the corner.
1: She like she she looks like the type that would like to watch. <laughs> she,
3: she does. I would make her watch for the way she acted
5: at the ceremony. <laughs> Absolutely, she'd be like, "Let me teach you something." Wow. <laughs> Y'all doing that's You're doing that
2: wrong. What are you doing, real aunt
3: Okay, oh, <laughs> we're done. Oh uh, no. Every
5: movie. No,
3: uh, no. Oh no. Yeah, Travis, get ready for the uh, incest tag. Um, so, Aunt Helene comes I, in. I, I don't, don't
1: want to become like the incest podcast. I mean, I already have two other incest podcasts. <laughs> I'm <keep> involved. <laughs> I don't want this to be one too.
2: You don't want to oversaturate <laughs> the market.
5: You don't but, want to be competing with your other podcasts. I get it. Look, I think it's just what our listener comes to hear now. It's just, I think, I think it goes to show that any movie can be about incest if, if you really. <laughs>
4: oh yes,
3: <I laughs> you, make it like, you make it like such a wholesome speech, like you know, <laughs> any film. It can be about if you it. just if you just believe
1: hard enough, if you you just, just because believe. two people in a movie are related and you make some <laughs> kind of reference to them having sex with each other, incest is
3: possible.
2: I'm I'm calling it now. Travis, cut all of this. Oh my God,
4: <laughs> yes,
3: please, Travis, cut it. For the love of God. And one and you know, Travis will be God and probably decide what to cut, what not to cut. He's gonna cut any of
4: this. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That is correct. Um, so yeah, uh, and Helene came into the room and, and tells them you know, the family's waiting and she leaves and this is when Alec explains to Grace, you know, it's tradition at midnight when someone new joins the family, they uh, meet together and play a game. Which at first, you know, obviously sounds a little weird. Like, yeah, you know, we're married now and it's midnight so it's time for some uh, go fish.
2: Dude, like, I, I get, like, you're rich now and you have to do weird rich people things, but Super not okay. Like, yeah. I, I don't know.
1: Hey, isn't this what you guys did on your wedding nights? You did the game at 12 o'clock that you could yep. potentially die from.
2: Oh, we did a game yeah. at 12 o'clock, yeah. but no other family members were involved.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can say that safely. The the game that we played mm. at 12 o'clock was I'm sleeping. and she, yeah. And we both won because we were both asleep.
0: <laughs> the, the, it was a great the game. dance special. Yeah, it was a great dance
5: special. It's,
0: it's
3: midnight. I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Alex and Grace like join the rest of the family in this. I, I, it was, I guess, it was like you could say it was like a big, like, uh, like sitting room or like a study kind of thing. And this is where we get to meet uh, Alex and Daniel's sister Emily, who is just the biggest cokehead.
5: My favorite character in this whole damn movie. <laughs> Love, her. That, Love that is a hard,
1: her. that is a hard second. I will definitely agree that she was the best character in the movie.
3: Yeah, And, and she is joined with her husband, Fitch, and their two sons. Oh, ain't no bitch. <laughs> he ain't no bitch. You know, don't be a bitch, Fitch. He's a bitch.
2: <laughs>
3: not, in con- no.
1: not in contrast to uh, Emily, Fitch was the worst. I did not oh, like yeah. Fitch at all.
3: Oh, fish sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, as they come in the room, like uh, their kids, Georgie and Gabe, are running around as Georgie's wearing a mask that looks very similar to the uh, masks that they were wearing in the beginning of the film back in 1989. And he's chasing Gabe and yelling, kill, kill, kill. Not terrifying at all. Nope. Which uh, Daniel, like, really kind of like, he freaks out and was just like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? and which they're just like, "Oh, they're just kids. It's fun." And at this point one of the maids, uh Clara, takes the boys away, you know, put them to bed as then everyone moves to another room, which uh Alex's father Tony tells her like, "You know, this room is for family members only." And now, you know, you are part of that. And it's just this huge room. Um and this is where he starts to explain the tradition was started by their great-grandfather victor who had made a deal with a as he likes to refer to it, as a mysterious benefactor known as mr lebale and he mr bale had this little puzzle box which tony hands out to aunt helene and it just kind of makes its way around the table uh eventually getting to grace and tony's just explaining you know mr labelle had this special box And told his great-grandfather, Victor, that if he solved it, you know, Victor and his future generations would basically just have all the success, all this wealth. And the way they decide what game they're playing is that they put a blank card in this box, that which Grace will draw, and it's Mr. LaBelle that decides what game they will play. Which Daniel's wife, Charity, and Fitch basically respond with, uh, well, I got chess, I got Old Maid. Which another, uh, even though I did not like Fitch, I loved his line of just like, "What the fuck is old maid?"
1: How do you not know what old maid is?
3: Yeah, I don't know how he doesn't know what that. Is. I've never played
2: it. Never. <laughs> and once. Also,
1: it's like, a good, that's the- a pretty big jump in games of Go Fish, Chess, Old Maid, Murder Somebody,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then it's the game's hide and seek. But there's like a dark twist to hide and seek. I would think this would be in line with all the games. Like chess should would have a dark twist on it. Old Maid would have a dark twist on it. No, it doesn't. Just hide and seek has the chess dark and twist. seek. Give it a more ominous name. Don't give it a name in line with the rest of your normal games.
5: You know, it's at this point that I realized that, I mean in all seriousness, I understand that this is supposed to be like rich people and their rituals like very strange. There's like a disconnect between like um, people who are in that 1% and you know, people who aren't. But um, what went to my mind was like this is just like a QAnon conspiracy right? They, they're they like sitting here like we have to play a game because the 5G is ritually makes, uh, makes space Jews pet gay frogs so we got to play the game or, you know, you're gay. I mean, I,
1: I noticed you used the word conspiracy there, which was not. So <laughs> for <difficult to use. laughs>
4: uh,
2: I think it, in, in a serious light, the there is a organization that has been kind of talked about called like the Red Shoe Society or something that has kind of like similar undertones of what's happening in this film. So, again, I don't know if it's conspiracy. I don't know, you know, you take it, take it for what it is. But if you want to do research on it, it's pretty crazy stuff.
3: Um, Before I get back to it, I would just uh, mention, I mean, yeah, it is all creepy. But there is a point where um, several of the fan members basically say, like, they weren't actually expecting this to happen. So, like, yeah, Grace pulls her card out of the box and gets hide and seek. And, you know, everyone just kind of gets silent. And Tony's like, well, that's the game we play. Um, So he basically tells her, like, all right, well, you got to stay hidden. And then we just come find you. And she's like, well, how do I win? And he says, I mean, you could hide until dawn. Okay, yeah. Time to talk about
2: some stuff.
1: Well, the only person excited that it's hide and seek is Anne Helene. She's like, She's like creaming herself, just ready for this game to start.
2: (laughs) I'm calling (laughs) bullshit, dude every one of those months the fact that helene or i'm sorry uh emily is she is coked out of her mind already and she didn't come there to play no fucking checkers like all of these dudes have come in there with the highest of expectations i feel like it would have been a huge letdown
3: otherwise oh no because there's there's a line later where their dad tony says like we didn't expect this to happen i've got a tea time at 8 a.m tomorrow
5: no absolutely (laughs) But
2: at the same time, like, did you notice that like her, her uh, Tony, the dad, is he's like, he's like tripping over his own giddiness while he's like rushing her off to hide. He's like, you, you, you can hide till six.
3: <laughs> I, I think it's also like uh
2: that's not gonna happen. We're gonna fucking kill you.
3: I think it's like cause it's made to believe like this hasn't happened for 30 years. So I think it's it's part, you know, they didn't expect it to happen, but I think seeing as it is a family tradition i think it's also i think that's where the giddiness comes from like oh now now we get to finally really be part of this crazy tradition like we've never really done it here's
2: all i I know know. this is an appropriate time and an appropriate reason to always carry around an uno reverse card just (laughs) saying i
4: (laughs) could have could have helped
1: I got more of a, like, it was an uncomfortableness of, like, so are we really going to do this? Because, like you said, none of them expected that this was going to happen. They were all used to playing, like, checkers and go fit, whatever, like, stupid little board games, harmless games. They normally play whenever somebody joins a family. Because even once she goes off to hide, just them all interacting with each other in the room when they're getting their weapons. It's like, I I guess we're going to do this now
4: yeah
3: so yeah um grace goes off and hide and as just Mike mike just said the family kind of uh arms themselves with weapons which you know people mostly have like guns but they're very old guns but um <laughs> we get aunt helene who has an axe and fitch with a, a very old crossbow
2: <laughs> Aunt helene with the halberd man
3: that, that, <laughs> that shit was medieval
2: yeah, <laughs> she was excited to use it.
4: hmm
3: So, uh, Grace goes and, uh, she goes and hides in, like, a dumbwaiter, and she's just, you know, hanging out there. Um, uh, basically, uh, Alex's mom tells him, like, you know, maybe you should sit this one out. Like, you know, hey, we're, we're gonna go and try and murder your wife. You, maybe, why don't you just hang back? Just wait this out. And, uh, which, he sits for about a second, and then he just leaves to go find Grace and warn her about what's going to happen. Even though he probably should have warned her a little bit earlier. Can we take the time
2: to think about how awkward, like, the postcard poll convo was for all the other spouses? Oh, like, yeah. When they when they drew Old Maid or Chess, like, do, do you think it came up later? Like, with a couple glasses of wine, they were like... <laughs> You're probably not going to believe us.
0: <laughs> right?
2: There was a chance. And you're you're going to think this is crazy. But there is a chance uh, that we were going to hunt you and viciously murder you in a satanic <laughs> ritual. <laughs> Isn't that just nuts? <laughs> Anywho, welcome and, to the family. And now you have to
3: do it. <laughs> you draw. I will say, like charity was so quick to be like all right let's kill this bitch
1: no because there was a line she said too that was uh i think it was dave yeah david uh, david who was like you don't have to do this we don't have to do this and she was like no i there's no way i'm not doing this you know where i came from i'm not going back to that i'll kill before i go back to that so that was her motivation for being so amped up and ready to uh do what the family was trying to do
2: and he even commented he even commented that like even when they told her initially like she was about it like she was yeah
3: yeah she was she was super into it from the get so so um grace is just hiding in the dumb waiter and she just kind of gets bored with it pretty quick like ah yeah fuck this so she gets out and she starts walking around uh alex finds her pulls her into like his room and he's got her like hidden behind the bed and He's getting ready to explain this, like, what's happening, and as he is, uh, one of the maids, Clara, is walking around looking for, uh, Georgie, one of Emily's sons, who apparently got out of bed and has just wandered off. So as Alex is trying to explain to Grace what's happening, we hear Clara walking around yelling for Georgie, and at this point, as Clara makes her way towards Alex's room, we hear a gunshot. (laughs) And Clara's body hitting the floor. And this is where we see Emily running in, yelling, I got her, I got her, and then realizes she's shot Clara in the face. Oh my
5: god, she's such a hot mess. I love her. <laughs> yeah,
3: It's so great.
2: How is she so lovable? Like, it's, it, she really shouldn't be, but she is
3: the best. And like, every time she just kind of goes, like, looks at the dad, Tony, like, oh, daddy, I fucked up. Don't be mad. No, oh, she, daddy. Well, <laughs> oh, she's got Goddammit. that
1: like puppy dog energy. Like she's excited to be there. She's ready to be part of the team. And like p- puppies sometimes do, they mess up unintentionally. So that's the kind of vibe I got from her.
0: She's peppy. Yeah, she's got that PD. Yeah, PD. Puppy What's dog that? energy. Oh, oh there, there it is. <laughs> okay, I thought that was a sexual
2: thing, and I was excited. <laughs> I was excited to learn about it. <laughs> I, I know I love Emily as a character. She reminds me—I don't know if anyone watches the show *Shit's Creek*, but she absolutely reminds me of the character Alexis. She's just very peppy, <laughs> peppy, and energetic, but she's completely clueless and helpless. That's funny.
3: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Emily has shot uh, Claire in the face, and the rest of the family comes in and i love everyone's reaction to it like it's just no one's really horrified everyone's just kind of like oh damn it and like tony comes in yelling at emily like no shoot to wound not to kill she has to be alive for the sacrifice or the the ritual and she's just like i'm sorry and claire's just just laying there slowly dying and daniel just looks well does this count and which clearly, no, it doesn't count. Helene comes in and says, it has to be the bride. So clearly, Grace is horrified about what she's just seen and heard. And Alex pulls her to another room and explains everything to her. You know, hide and seek for this family, you know, means they have to hunt you down and kill you before dawn or everyone dies. And he admits that he didn't tell her about it because he feared that she would leave him but he says he's going to get around safely. And this is where we come back to just Alex being selfish as fuck. I would have told you that, you know, there's a chance everyone could have killed you, but you would leave me. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Maybe your family (laughs) shouldn't breed. (laughs) Breed or, you know, go out and try and find more people. This just
2: solidified, like, this whole movie just solidified, like, I would never, if invited, go to a wedding of, like, the Hasbros, the Fishers, or the Prices, (laughs) just on the off chance.
4: Just on the off
2: chance that there's like a toy maker satanic conspiracy.
0: Not going to do it. I'm thinking Lego is probably up there with me as well. They probably just put a bunch of Lego right? down and you have to cross yeah. it like a, like a bed of coals. I'd rather be hunted. I'd rather be hunted.
3: <laughs> I just picture drivers like pulling the car and he just looks up. I got operation. And everyone just sits quietly and looks around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the fuck up out of there. I got
0: red. I got mouse trap. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Why
2: why does everyone have cheese suddenly? (laughs) Where did those levers come from?
3: (laughs) Hungry, hungry hippos?
2: Fuck that. (laughs) I draw the line at hippos. Hippos and Legos. Uh, That's where I draw the line. Follow us
3: now to the family
0: pool. Operation. uh, Well, we did operation. I I, Uh, I just uh, missed that.
2: I just
1: got boggle. (laughs)
0: Fuck.
2: Your night
3: ruled. Yeah, we just we just play boggle. That's that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So back to the movie, uh Grace uh intelligently is gets rid of her uh wedding heels and puts on some nice uh converse so she can move a little quicker. And uh she starts to walk out and is like immediately spotted by Tony, Helene, and Daniel. They try they try to get her, but Emily, you know, fresh off another line of coke starts just firing her gun randomly. You know, Mrs. Grace almost hits everyone else. So, Grace gets away, and Emily once again just like, oh, I messed up. So, uh, Grace uh, escapes to, like, a a study room where, as she's sitting there hiding, Daniel walks in, sees her, and just kind of slowly walk past her, goes to make himself a drink. He basically mentioned that he could care less about what's happening, but, uh, you know, he still has to Tell them that he found her, and as he just sits down with his drink, you know, he tells her, "You know, I'll give you a, a ten second head start."
1: Yeah, I the the big thing about this was he when he was a very young kid, he did witness the death of the other guy the last time they played this game. Uh, it was like so, Ch- Charles. Charles. So my first thought about that was this kid's gonna have some trauma when he gets older seeing this because he's so young, and then when we do see him in the movie, he's got. They say he's an alcoholic. He's got all these problems, and you could see he's just tired of being in this family. So that was the—I think—that was one of the major motivations that he was trying to help her out, or at least show her he he wanted to help her.
4: Yeah, help he would give him
3: a chance. As you imagine, like he witnessed all that shit thirty years ago, and now anytime someone joined the family, he had to think like, "Is this going to be? Is yeah. Gonna be it? Like, am I going to see all this shit again?" mm Hmm um so, so he, grace runs away he you know waits a few seconds and yells you know i found her and charity comes in first and uh she's like oh you let her get her away and he's like oh yep she's sneaky and then everyone else comes in the room and you know kind of berating her or berating him about it and we get another maid who joins in the room uh, oh wait oh shit uh uh tina as Tina comes in to say that she saw Grace, Fitch is playing with the crossbow he has, and just it fires and shoots right through Tina's mouth into the back of her head. So good. <laughs> so good. And like, essentially, just like, up, oh, there's another one. But as they're trying to still discuss, they hear the they hear Tina basically, like, gurgling and still gasping for air. And Adeline just walks over with the giant axe and
5: just cuts Tina's head off.
1: Yeah, she was very casual about the whole thing. Like, it was a nothing thing to just chop yeah. a head
5: off. I, I don't even know what to say to this. Like, I just... Emily is just such a treasure. Like, I could watch her accidentally murder people mm-hmm. and then her reactions to it all day. Yeah. <laughs> she she has a very Steve Urkel vibe to her. Like,
4: mm, did <laughs> I do that? <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah and and her constant like
0: ups and downs depending upon what drug she's taking is it it's great it it makes for a really hilarious comic relief character oh god yes. i
3: like I, I like that as like they're getting her out of that room after like tina's been shot when uh you know fish tries to give emily the crossbow and i can't remember what he says he's like, but let's get you i think i think he wants to like get her some weed or something like, try and balance you out of you know all the coke in your system Trying to even you
2: out a bit. I love, I love that they're just made for each other. Her and Finch, like they're just, yeah. they're just
3: both the worst. <laughs> they are. Uh, so then they have this uh, argument where Tony's like, "We we should just turn the cameras back on and and do this," and Aunt Helene's just like, "No, this is the tradition." And he's like, "Well, you know, great grandfather didn't have cameras back then. You can't really say it was tradition. They didn't have the option." And then they mention like, you know, oh, if you know. If we're gonna turn the cameras on, can I have like a gun made in this century? He's like, no, no, that's tradition. And Aunt Helene's just like, I'll pick and choose, pick and choose.
4: (laughs) choose.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Grace gets her, makes her way back to the uh, main room where she picked the card, and there's all these different like, uh, like antique guns all over the wall, like uh, stuffed like bears, all this different stuff. Like I guess either the family or even the great grandfather hunted over the years. So she pulls a rifle off the wall grabs a a sling of ammo and I'm like all right here's the point she's just gonna she's loaded up she's gonna just start murdering everybody she even like sees herself in the mirror of the uh, cabinet that Daniel hit Alex in all those years ago and she just sees herself in a wedding dress and a gun and ammo she just goes ah Jesus and then just starts walking
1: I was just saying she looked like real badass in this scene. Just the contrast of like the wedding dress with those like torn with the, the sneakers and the gun, and the, the ammo across her chest. It was just a good contrast of what she was expecting to what she was doing right now.
3: Yeah, she oh, was yeah. sick. It was awesome. So yeah, uh, Alex had told her the, you know, make your way to like the back of the house in the kitchen. I'm going to go, you know get the cameras back on and unlock all the doors because uh when the hide and seek started uh the butler stevens went and uh did all that shut the cameras off and locked the doors so she's uh hiding in the kitchen uh butler stevens comes in and he starts making tea and immediately starts almost literally screaming uh the 1812 Overture. I can't remember the composer did it but it's like uh, it's a famous like uh, composition if you if you've seen like V for Vendetta it's the main music used in the beginning when he goes on Parliament. Tchaikovsky
0: or something like yeah,
3: that?
0: Um, One of
2: those nerds. One of those fucking yeah. nerds.
3: <laughs> those fucking nerds. Yeah, composing nerd. Um, so while Stevens is, is singing loudly you know Grace is trying to quietly load her rifle and as he She as he's like kind of like, you know, walking around waiting for the tea to boil. She comes up behind him, tells him, you know, you you open the door. Let me out of here. He says, no. And she tries to shoot him and nothing happens. And that's when he tells her like, oh, yeah, the uh, the ammo is for display only. Which then she picks up the teapot, smashes it over his face. And I thought, well, the teapot's not for show, bitch. Uh, So Alex, you know, he's uh, he unlocks all the doors and windows And he's locked himself in that security room. Tony and Daniel are trying to get in, stop him. Um, Which I thought was crazy because uh, Alex breaks the controls so they can't be locked again. They get in there and Alex and Tony start fighting, which Alex has like Tony in a chokehold and like nearly about to kill his dad. Just like, you know, you're not going to kill my fucking wife. And Daniel's like able to talk him down for a minute and try and calm him down. Which then Tony just picks up like a fire extinguisher and knocks Alex the fuck out.
5: I gotta say, even as he's trying to choke out his dad, I still didn't trust Alex. I there's not one second in this movie where I trusted that dude. I oh, don't no, either.
1: <laughs> I mean, to me, he genuinely seemed like he wanted to yeah. stop this from going on. Granted, like he didn't say, "Hey, there's a good chance that you may have to fight for your life tonight," but it seemed like that was part of the ritual and the things they had to do as a family for this thing to take place because. If you told your partner maybe something bad would happen.
2: Internal conflict, I'll give him for sure. But the motherfucker got her to this point before
3: the card was pulled. So, yeah, fuck you, Alex. And he did very minimal effort to try and stop it. Instead of just going, "Uh, I'm giving you an out. And he said, hey, guys,
5: stop. Stop.
4: Stop.
5: (laughs) Come on, guys. Seriously. She's my (laughs) wife. (laughs) My wife. My wife. Oh man, this is like the one time where it was actually appropriate to say. He missed it. Oh, you missed
1: it. That, that's why you don't use it. You use it when it's not appropriate.
3: That's <laughs> true. Sure, because if, if well, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just lost it. Everybody know that. <laughs> uh, now, I wish Alex did that when he was like almost choking out Tony, like, you're not going to kill my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Brad just appears out of nowhere <laughs> uh, so anyway um, so Grace is trying to like uh, find another way out of the house and she comes across we find maid number three Dora who was hiding in a dumbwaiter and she's just like you know I don't even want to be here Grace is telling her like I will, right, well, you know try and help me out of this and we'll both get out of here to which Dora just ends up going with nah fuck it and starts yelling for the family that you know she's right there. And as of course she tries to get out of the dumbwaiter and she accidentally hits the button. So it starts going down and Dora just gets crushed
5: by the dumbwaiter.
1: Good. Good. She got what she deserved. Hey, Fuck you, know, you know the she's old so adage.
5: Snitches get stitches. You know what I mean? Snitches get dumbwaiters crushing their spine.
0: What a dummy. That's how that goes. <laughs> I, I did like how they... They did mention old maid earlier, and now all the maids are dead. Yeah. So,
4: no. Oh, oh shit. Funny.
3: I, I almost wish Daniel was around for this one. He would have just been like, well, that's three.
2: But it was only a shame because they weren't old. They were all hot and young.
3: Uh huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sucks. Yeah. And she, she even mentioned, she was like, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not even a maid. I, he just likes the way I dance.
3: <laughs> I was just like, man, Tony, you're a sick fuck. I mean, besides the whole, you know, you're trying to kill somebody thing. So here's also where my favorite moments. Um, Grace is uh, outside, like, you know, about to jump out of a, a window to get down. And we cut to Fitch, who's sitting on like a couch looking at his phone. And we see the backdrop of the window. And as he's on his phone, all of a sudden you just see Grace just plop and fall to the ground.
1: Wasn't he like on the toilet earlier taking a shit, like Googling how to use a crossbow?
3: He was, and then at this point, he was like, um, what was it, like, Uh, something about, like, you know, is this crazy ritual real or bullshit? Yeah, yeah. he was Googling it. Yeah. (laughs) And then his friend texted him, like,
0: nonsensical. He was like, stupid fucker. And then he just started replying back, like, what's (laughs) up, dog?
3: And that's when you (laughs) see dog. I, I
1: think he was, like, the perfect, like, hateable character. Because he he played it so well, just the typical, like probably just normal douchebag who married into a rich family and didn't have to work at all for anything anymore.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, yeah, so Grace just drops to the ground and gets up easily, which I thought, okay, that's I think that's believable. So she runs and finds herself in uh like a stable, which as she's in there, she we, she finds uh Georgie. Who uh, had snuck out of bed and was just somewhere in the house. And, uh, you know, she comes, kind of like walks towards him, like, you know, you gotta help me. And he pulls out a gun and shoots a hole right through her hand. And she has the best response and just punches him in the face and just yells,
5: You little fucker. Georgie is the worst character. Yeah. Can't you solve
0: her? I I didn't expect her to get this injured I, I thought she was just gonna run through a bunch of stuff but man hole in the hand that's rough oh yeah she gets fucked up don't worry it's about to get worse
1: oh uh, even like right before this i don't want to like backtrack too much but uh there's a flashback scene of the ritual that from the beginning of the movie and this is where we find out that uh the guy that got killed was the potential or the new husband of Aunt Helene.
3: Mm, yes and, and I think, even
1: back I, then her eyebrows made her look evil as fuck.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's also why she was like so hell bent on this. Could you imagine how many like th- since that 30 years, how many different like people have been married into the family, how many different weddings and stuff that she had to sit and watch and be like, all right, now finally someone else has to fucking deal with it. It's mm-hmm.
5: like, oh, boggle. And
3: she's God,
4: like <laughs> next time.
5: Oh, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> this time. Uh,
4: God damn <laughs>
1: Uh, happy wedding, everybody. God damn, it,
4: just again. <laughs>
2: it, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Dude, the next yeah. time. Next time. Like, that's absolutely that's why went, uh, what she was thinking.
3: That's why when Grace drew the card, that's why she was just like, oh, yeah.
2: I time to <laughs> shine, Helene. Yeah. Uh, You know, I got to say, it kind of seems like Charlie, that was his name, right? Her, her husband? Yeah, Charlie. It seems like he might... When it comes to Helene, he might have dodged, like, a figurative bullet. Maybe not the literal bullet, but, like, definitely a figurative one.
3: He definitely didn't dodge those arrows, that's for sure. Yeah, no. So so, after uh, Grace knocks Georgie the fuck out, uh, she gets scared by a goat, and she falls down this, like, pit. And this is where we find that uh, there's, uh, I think, at least the first uh, maid body is down there. Uh, a lot of different skeletons, and even the rotted corpse of Charlie himself. So, uh, you know, Grace is trying to get her way back up. And, uh, know, as she's climbing, we see uh, there's, you know, a nail sticking out. Anyone else kind of know what was coming? It's just just there for show. Don't
0: worry. Don't worry about it. It's fine.
1: Mm -hmm. As as soon as I saw that nail and with the hole in her hand, I knew she was going to just hook her hand on that nail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. There's it, it, a, <laughs> a definitive build. Uh, don't <laughs> look, look away. Nothing to see here.
3: Well, they, oh, boy. Yeah. Here we go. Oh,
2: so That's kind of anticipation.
5: Yeah. It's funny. The, the nail in that, I read an interview where they said the nail was actually a CGI nail and hmm. it was something like she used a prosthetic hand for that but she she was saying that like even as she was watching it she was having phantom pains go through her hand like and she, huh. she was talking about other things that she did i can't remember she did another movie where she like broke her leg or something and she's like after i did that even on the set like i still had phantom pains where i was like limping her on the set and everything
0: yeah speaking of like character stuff and and props and whatnot. My fiancé watched a whole, like, 20-minute documentary on the wedding dress itself that they made for this thing.
3: Oh, yeah, they made, like, Uh, seven different dresses.
0: Yeah, wedding dresses. and (laughs) Yeah, they had to, like, custom make, like, terrible fabric and do all kinds of, like, wild stuff to make this actually work, and it's apparently very interesting, if you're into that. So, as Grace climbs back
3: up, obviously, the hole in her hand is what catches that nail and she climbs back out and god the shit she's just gone through and she just rips off another piece of the dress wraps up her hand and just you know runs out and just tries to get the fuck out of there um, how much how made, much goat rot
2: do you think is in the wound like e- initially oh, so much, right and then she like wraps fabric from you know her body that has just fallen into the goat pile
3: oh a dirty bloody dress yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it's a lot of goat rot. Like, tet- tetanus should not be the afterthought of, of what my concerns are after impaling <laughs> my hand on a, on a rusty nail. Also, if
1: they shot. <laughs> the concerns are more of the uh, goat-related infections that she probably has.
3: I mean, like, also— you can't, like, you can't ignore those goat-related infections.
2: You really can't. the the satanic family chasing me is also I I guess of like you know legitimate concern but but yes yes the goat rot is is pretty alarming at this point
1: imagine if like she gets away from this family and then just like weeks down the line she develops like some kind of infection the infection worsens from the goat rot and then she has a long extended hospital stay and since she's not with his family anymore she doesn't have the quality insurance they have so she just comes to her uh injuries that's a sequel at least
3: yeah way to damper the mood
5: jesus <laughs> start writing that sequel mike i, I was i was enjoying this movie until you brought in real problems <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to escape from the real world
4: uh,
3: anyway thank you uh, so as grace is trying to get out she finally makes her way to like um i guess it's like the front gate of the house or you know a gate somewhere and uh, she's trying to, uh, this one of the metal bars is kind of hanging off. So she's is able to break it off as a car is coming by. And so she tries to squeeze herself through the gate, which just more horrible trauma. Like uh, just, uh, how the fence is just digging into her side. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Ooh. I mean, I mean, it looked at Jackie. It was like, my thickness is not getting through there.
1: I just, I <laughs> thought real. it was a good visual just because a lot of times in horror movies, you'll see like, the character just like do the all these things and not get hurt or not get affected by it. But every step she took and every situation she was in to try and get out of it, she took some damage and you did see how that affected her too. And it was all oh, yeah. shown and gory and it was great. For sure.
2: She's climbing a mountain. She's climbing Gore Mountain at this point. Yeah.
3: Um so she tries to flag down this car driving by, they slow down and she's like, Oh thank you, help me, help me. And they just yell, get the fuck out of the road, and they drive away that fucking Bentley could have been the
2: end of <laughs> this movie. <laughs> and I just love it. She just yells like
3: fucking mother rich motherfuckers. God damn it. Those
1: was probably yeah. one of my favorite scenes. Yeah.
0: I like all of her, uh, all of her acting in, in general was, was great. She was just very relaxed. She wasn't this like proper prim princess kind of character. She was just, she was very down to earth and very much like fuck this, fuck that, fuck everything. Like it, it was good. I liked it.
5: Yeah. I, as funny as as funny as it was, like seeing her like just flip out about all that, I think it was it, it's like uh refreshing to see like a genuine reaction to these kind of things. Cause like I think that's how any of us would have reacted. It's like fuck like flipping off the people, telling them off and all this stuff. And like like it, it was just very refreshing to see like a genuine take and not just like a, oh my god, they ran past me. Oh,
4: it
1: was very relatable because I think everybody's been in that situation where you're just so, just so angry and annoyed and flustered by something that just happened. We just go on a tirade of curse words that don't make <laughs> any sense. And that's exactly what you did to oh, the yeah. pe- about the car.
0: I loved it. Yeah, it was at this point that I realized that her screams were only going to get worse throughout this whole
3: thing. But it oh, I'm, I'm going to mention possible. this. I'm going to mention yeah. what I thought of one of her screams later this, yeah. towards the end of the movie. So uh, Stevens is out in his car trying to find her, which, uh, you know, he gets out of the car looking for her, which then she tries to strangle him with part of her dress. And kind of like, I guess, at least what it seems like knocks him out. She hops in the car, tries to drive away. And she, you know, essentially, I don't know what it was even called, but uh, she hits like this OnStar button, essentially, and gets a lovely man named Justin, who, uh, you know, asks what he could do to help her. And she just tries to tell him, like, you know, I'm being, people are trying to kill me. I need you to send the police. And he immediately just goes, well, it appears that the car you're driving was reported stolen, so I'm going to have to shut it off. And the car just shuts off clearly stevens is like getting closer to her and he says you know is the don't worry the police are on their way sit tight uh is there anything else i can help you with today and grace just says yeah you can go fuck yourself justin <laughs> <laughs> and i love I, how he's just nonchalantly just like oh uh, thank you for using our customer service you don't
1: need right. to use foul language
3: oh yeah
4: that's right
1: i'm just i'm just trying to do my job <laughs> and just like get like, i feel that too i could relate to that too just the anger Of just anger and frustration she had, and just the ridiculousness of, she's like, "Yeah, I'm trying. These people are trying to kill me, and I I need to get away." Call the police. Like, well, they did report the car stolen, so we can't really help you out. And I'm gonna shut the car off, which is your only means of escape. So, sorry. Don't be mad.
2: (laughs) Do some get, Get ready to run. (laughs) <laughs> no I, I love justin justin's trip safe employee of the year no no doubt no doubt at all
3: so uh stevens catches back up and like has you know uh, apparently now has a tranquilizer with him and uh knocks her out and uh throws her in the backseat of the car which i find this part like after watching it because uh, i've already seen this movie several times that's why i recommended it but watching it this time and really like really thinking about different uh aspects of the movie to talk about for the show just the fact that like so they just had this whole thing where Justin has to shut off the car you know clearly Grace couldn't get it started back started again and the police are on their way but yet Stevens is able to uh like knock her out and then he just hops in the car starts it back up and drives back towards the house so I thought about this too me and my wife
2: me and my wife debated this and I was like you know what that's I don't know what kind of car it was I'm sure it's It's at least Bentley level, like something ridiculous, something that apps were developed to complement this car. So he could probably report it in unreported stolen with just the click of a button. So I probably that was that was my rationalization of that.
3: Oh, and also how like rich this family was. I'm sure they 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 have the pull with whoever this company is. And here's my question
1: too how much is like Stevens paid to be doing all this? It's like I, clearly uh, he's not in he's not part of the family so he doesn't get like, the benefit of the enormous wealth this family has like it didn't seem like the maids knew about everything that was going on based on what the last maid to die said so she wasn't part of this murder game or anything that the family ritual but steven's is steven's fully committed he's an active participant in it for what benefit I mean, I hope he gets paid well because it would. You need to pay me at least forty five thousand dollars to be involved in this family's. A year. Yeah, I was undercutting for the.
2: Are you trying to get hired? Is this is this what this episode is for you? A resume. <laughs> it's
1: my resume.
3: Are I mean, you? <laughs> I, mean, I-, I mean, I guess since you already have a place to live and food available.
1: Yeah, you know, I will, I will undercut. Housing. I will undercut any murderer's butler's salary requirements. Yeah.
2: You're trying to undercut the entire homicidal henchman fucking market
1: if I, if I set the salary, they'll hire me.:
2: That fucking sucks <laughs> forty five thousand dollars a year to haul bodies down the goat chute. By the way, I, how rich is this family when you have like an I, obvious I, I was, body shoot?
1: I was going deliberately low for the absurdity of it, but never mind. <laughs>
2: no it's better you're gonna get a weird call Mike after this episode airs and it's not gonna be my fault it's gonna be your fault
3: (laughs) so um also so while this is happening um Becky the mother Miss wonderful McDowell uh basically uh she had ordered uh Daniel and Emily to go dispose of the uh remaining maid bodies down the goat chute which is one of my you know fun uh Daniel lines of uh fuck ups gotta go clean up I guess and also, yeah, I love Emily tries to, like, plead with her dad, like, dad. And he's like, nope, do what your mother says. <laughs> Go get rid of the bodies. And, of course, that's where they have, they find Georgie, who, you know, says he tried to tried to kill her because it seemed like everyone, you know, wanted to do. And Emily's, you know, saying how proud she is of him. And Daniel's just, at this point, Daniel's still, like, just basically destroyed by this whole tradition. Like, just like, wow, even this, this kid is just so caught up in it. And I hate it. So now we cut back to uh, Stevens is on a video call with the family you know, saying that he's got grace and he's driving back into the house and they'll be there shortly. And so at this point, everyone in the family's you know, pretty stoked. Like, all right, good. Like, We're almost to dawn, so we're going to be able to get this done, so we're going to be okay. And of course, Stevens starts blaring him, you know, uh, Tchaikovsky's 1812 overture again because he just gets a wedding for that song. And while he's just Playing the music, pantomiming, being like the uh, conductor of it. We see that Grace is, you know, was woken up in the back, and the family's still watching on the video, and they're trying to get his attention. It's like, uh, oh, no, Stevens? Stevens? She's, she's right there, Stevens? But the music's too loud, and he's just enjoying it, so she just starts kicking the shit out of him right in the face. Car ends up uh, flipping over, crashing, and this is how uh, Stevens dies, but Grace is perfectly fine. This was such a great scene
2: in that it gave like this goofy theater element almost like when they're all gathered around the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the whole family is watching every, this.
3: every every kick to his head. They're all just like, "Ooh, Ooh. yeah,
2: yeah." <laughs> it uh, a movie like this like where it's not su- like it's dark subject matter but they take kind of a light approach, like it makes it so much more fun as an
0: audience. Absolutely. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier, and it's it is like somebody had just finished watching Knives Out, and they were like, "Let's do a horror one," and
3: that's where this like (laughs) horror Knives Out looked at this and said, "I I was a little less brutal." This this preceded Knives Out, out. did it? It did. This came out in twenty. This came out uh, I think right before. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know time. I don't even know what year it is. So at this point, like this whole time, also um, Alex has been like handcuffed in his room. And, uh, you know, Becky, his mom is there talking to him like, you know, you know, I know you you, uh, love Grace, but I still think you're going to, you know, be on our side. And Alex tells her, like, you know, if anything happens to Grace, like he will kill her personally. And so while that's happening, uh, Grace is out in the woods because the car is fucked. She can't drive that. And Daniel finds her and she's just kind of pleading with him like, you know, you got to help me. And he's like, you know, as much as I, I hate all this shit, I can't just I can't let my family die just to save you. And so he knocks her out, and Tony shows up, and they get her back to the house. And so at this point is when they finally have Grace in on their uh, like, altar. Their like, ritual altar. Everyone's wearing, you know, kind of like the same uh, capes or like, uh, cloaks from the uh, 30 years ago, and Tony's saying this Latin chant, and right as he's about to say "Hail," he pauses, and everyone kind of looks around, and they all just start uh, violently puking, and this is when Daniel quickly jumps up, he gets grace-free from the altar, altar, and uh, tries to help her and get her out of there, and he just basically says, like, you know, he put just a little bit of a, uh, what was it, a hydrogen chloride? In, in, in the wine, and she's like, You're gonna kill me. He's like, No, nah, I googled it. They'll shit weird for a week, but they'll be fine. It was
2: acid, it was hydrochloric acid.
3: Okay, that was it. Thank you. Hy- hydrochloric acid. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> fuck. And that's when he's like, Oh, I just put, I just gave him a nip. They'll, they'll shit weird for a week, yeah. and they'll be fine. His rationalization yeah. killed me.
1: Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> surprised that like his character would have done this immediately after the fact, stopped her from getting away in the woods. Because when, when he was in the woods with her, I thought he was going, okay, this guy's going to, Daniel's going to help her get away. And that's it. But no, he's like, oh, I, I can't do it for my family. And then 30 seconds later, it's like, I just poisoned my whole family so you can get away.
3: Well, I imagine the uh, the long walk back up to the house carrying her probably uh, probably gave him time to think. Also, uh, when uh, they go to pick up, carry her body, several times when all the other bodies are picked up, everyone, like, flipped a coin to see whether they would carry the head or the legs. And Tony says, all right, flip, heads or tails. And just goes, oh, who fucking cares? Just pick her up. So uh, Daniel's trying to help Grace escape. And also at this point, on the other side of the house, Alex is uh, broken free from where he's locked up. And he's trying to find them. And this is where they uh, get stopped by Charity, who's got a gun. And pointing at him, and she's basically just, like, you know, saying to Daniel, like, you don't care if I die? And he's just like, well, you know, this, we can't do this. And she just shoots him right in the throat.
2: His character arc, like, as, as silly as a movie as this is, and, it, you know, it's not that it doesn't take itself seriously. It's just not an overtly serious movie. But his character arc is really, really good. Because you see, like, the trauma instilled from such a young age, and then he has this internal struggle. He's, he's, he's coped with it for years with alcohol he's gone through this same ordeal this internal struggle of bringing charity into the family and now he's doing all of this all over again to his brother who he tried to protect and it leads all up to this with charity shooting him in the neck and i I thought that was like a really well-developed story and uh, especially leading up to what happens next with alex discovering his body
3: yeah um so, uh, you know, Grace and Charity have a, a quick little fight where uh, Grace picks up the gun, shoots it, no ammo, but then just says, eh, "Fuck it," and just knocks Charity right the fuck out with the gun. Um, and this is when Alex finds uh, Daniel on the ground, slowly dying, and it, it, this is a pretty like emotional moment.
1: It was. It I was, it does make you feel that Daniel was the only person of his family that Alex even cared about. Because, like, the mother, he said, like, yeah, I'm going to kill you if something happens to my wife. The father, he has a strained relationship with. He tried to strangle him. His sister, he barely even speaks to. And the aunts, nobody, like, he doesn't have much of an interaction with her too much except saying she's who she is. But the brother, Daniel, he has the closest bond with. And, like I said, the only one he cares about.
3: So, uh, so Grace tries to help Daniel uh, before that, but she gets away and as she's trying to get out, Tony finds her, and he's basically like, you know what, fuck the ritual, I'll just kill you barehand myself. Which says she just picks up one of the lanterns and knocks him the fuck out, and then throws the lantern on the ground and uh, sets the room on fire. She basically kind of makes her way back to the ritual room where uh, Becky and McDowell finds her, and they end up having, like, quite the fight, to which Grace is able to grab the uh, box, Mr. LaBelle's box, and knocks becky off of her and then just beats her to death with it again
2: another really cool character development where she like she has this southern accent that kind of like gives you the inclination as the viewer to see her as sort of another outsider to the family maybe even a a more lowbrow character than the rest of these pompous rich arrogant assholes and she's more down to earth she talks like grace and she she kind of comforts grace a lot and now but now, given this choice, though, she she chooses her family, which is what she's trying to get Alex to do, and Grace beats her to death about the face. So, a- another
3: really right. interesting arc. Now, this is when Alex finds her, you know, after he just saw Daniel die, he comes in and sees Grace standing there holding the box that even actually has a strand of his mother's hair on it from the bludgeoning. And um, he tries to, you know, take Grace's hand. She kind of backs away from him. He's like, you know, you won't, you won't be with me after this, will you? And she more or less is just kind of like, a, fuck no, dude. And so as he, like, tries to hug her is when he just kind of squeezes her and yells for everyone to come here that he has her.
1: Yeah, this wasn't the time to even ask that question. I mean, you wait till, like, stuff calms down. Before you do this. But even like when he turned on her just now, I mean, I was surprised. I was not expecting that at all.
2: I thought it was quick. I thought it was a little almost unfounded. Like it was the the first time I watched it, which was, which was years and years ago, probably when it first came out. But the second go around, I was like, how did I not see it before? Like the, the obvious psychological implications of his mother and brother dying in front of him moments apart at her hands, basically, to his knowledge, right? Like he doesn't understand. Yeah, to his knowledge. You know, so pretty much the only things in the family that he truly cared about are now gone. And the only reprieve he would have from this is the promise of the family he can create with her. And now that's gone. So what do now? Right?
3: What do so the rest of the family runs in as he's holding on to Grace, they get her back onto the ritual table, and here's where we get a little bit more of like what the chant was before, but now like less Latin and they're all like it's mainly led by Anne Helene at this point, and she's just screaming it and finally, which I love this part just because she goes through the whole chant and as they're all holding her, and Alex now has the knife to plunge into Grace and kill her, Aunt Helene just yells, "Hail, Satan!" and then Satan. everyone. Satan. Everyone else starts yelling, Hail Satan. Hail Satan!
5: <laughs> Hail, Hail, Hail Satan. Satan! Hail Satan! Hail
3: And I really liked the camera work as then it just kind of looked up at Alex from, like, Grace's point of view. And as he just stands there holding the knife, he you know, he just slowly says, uh, Hail Satan.
1: I mean, it was clearly, like, a dark ritual. Like, that kind of, what's the word I'm
3: do? you think
2: it was dark, Mike? Do you think was no, dark? I think it
1: was I'm trying to think of the word. Had, I mean, it had those kind of undertones. But like when they just like start all chanting "Hail Satan," you don't expect it, but it's not surprising if that makes sense.
3: Like you were thinking, like it was like like a cult.
1: Yeah, a cult. It has a cult undertones, but
3: mm-hmm. you don't. expect... I wasn't expecting you know "Hail Satan." No, but it's it's not surprising <laughs> once they start saying it. No, not at all. And uh, so as the as this dagger's like slowly coming towards Grace, she's able to squeeze uh, Aunt Helene's hand. I kind of dig into her, which is she's able to jerk and then just kind of get stabbed in the shoulder to where she's able to grab the knife and start screaming at people and, and are screaming at everyone. Which is, um, this is the note I made earlier, Kyle, about uh, her screams because at this point I was like, oh, it seems Grace has now changed into a uh, terrifying hyena,
0: <laughs> yeah. At, well, I mean, she is she's blown her voice out from just you know screaming bloody murder all night, but yeah, I I think i think her her screens were so so believable they weren't just like oh i don't know no. they were
3: they were yeah, she wasn't just ah
1: no don't hurt me no
3: so as uh, grace is standing there holding the knife to everyone you know this is when the sun has come up and everyone's standing there waiting until like for them to just kind of die and at first nothing happens and i think it's fish is just like i knew it was all bullshit And um, which at this point Aunt Helene just picks up the axe and she's like she still has to die and as she lunges towards Grace she explodes in a very just bloody gory explosion that surprised me yep Yeah, I thought it was all a bunch (laughs) of bullshit too
1: yeah okay so this like that was going to be like the typical horror movie ending like these people are the true monsters they were just led to believe about this whole like occult satanic ritual they needed to perform or else they were going to die and guess what? It didn't happen. Nobody died. And they've been doing this for years. And they've killed innocent people. But nope. Anne Helene go pop. And then it was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I loved it so much.
3: And after that, it's just one after another. It's uh, Charity, Fitch, uh, Emily tries to run away with Georgie and Gabe. And they explode off screen. Just so you don't see two children blowing up into a bloody mess. Yeah, what do you think? Is it a Stephen King film? Yeah, we think it's Stephen King. Um, Tony picks up the, Mr. LaBale's box, and he seems to be yelling at this empty chair, which has been alluded before as being Mr. LaBale's chair. And he's just youting, like, you know, I did everything right. I followed the rules. No. And then he just explodes. And it's at this point Alex basically tries to, like, weasel back into uh, Grace's uh, good graces.
1: I, I see what you did there.
3: there yeah. And he's just like, oh, hey, uh, no, uh, honey, uh, Sugar Bear. Uh, you, uh, I, I was just kidding with the you know, hair was and all that. You, you know? got
1: kind of crazy back there, you know?
3: <laughs> I still love uh, you,
1: though.
2: Weird weekend, am yeah, I yeah. right, babe? Baby, yeah. sweet baby, sweet honey baby.
3: <laughs> to which, after him just pleading, she takes off the ring, tosses at him, and says, I want a divorce. And Alex blows it up. That was fantastic. That was great. At this point, the fire from like the lantern has now like spread throughout the house, and as this room starts to set on fire, there's a quick little flash where Grace sees like the spirit of Mister LaBelle in his chair and just kind of nods at her. Which I just love. She just stands there and just like, "Fuck, yeah."
2: Her reaction it was similar to like Geralt of Rivia a lot, a lot throughout the movie. She's just like, mm. it's just the like, "Fuck." Mm. It's the- Really no, I I like her her minimalist reactions to things. I really liked the the Mr. Labelle cameo because if you remember Mm -hmm. in the beginning, like they have the boxes from their various games, and uh one of them has like you know the image of like the the old classic devil, like the yeah, yeah, devil, the one with the twisty mustache, mustache right? Yeah. And if you look at Mr. Labelle, that's what he looks like. You know, and it, it, it's kind of funny, like, it almost seems as though that would be where that sort of, that aesthetic look, uh, you know, originated from, but I don't know.
3: Nah, I like it. Um, so here, like, the, we, now we have, like, the final scene, uh, Grace is walking out of the house as it's slowly burning, she picked up uh, Becky's cigarettes, grabbed a lighter, and as she just sits on the, sits on the stairs of the mansion, just covered in blood. Pretty much everyone's blood at that point. You know, she lights a cigarette, and as the police and, you know, paramedics arrive, uh officer asks her, like, you know, what the hell happened? And she just blows smoke out and just says, in laws and credits. Such a
2: Tarantino esque ending. It was very much. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, right on the nose. Like, hot, hot bride in, like, almost a post apocalyptic kind of look. The song was a very. Cool, Tarantino kind of song, the the flames behind her, like oh my god, the one liner. It was perfectly Tarantino, but not Tarantino.
1: That's because there wasn't enough feet to be Tarantino.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> and there, mm-hmm. there you have it.
0: Well, they did have a couple close-up shots of her changing her shoes. So <laughs> said Tarantino. <laughs> Cinematography and special effects. Okay, thank thanks, Chris, for your your great plot summary there. Um... No, thank you. And yeah, so the cinematography and special effects. Uh, I, I love this this building. This building was great. Um, I think it it led for a lot of fun, interesting shots down the hallways and corridors. And it seemed like it this house just went on forever. I mean, it does. It's gigantic mansion, right? But uh, they they kept. I kept on. I guess rightfully getting confused on where where they were, especially in the beginning when they were chasing the kids around and stuff like that. I thought that was a was kind of fun. Just to show how big and, and cavernous his house was um i i think all the special effects worked for me i i didn't see anything terribly wrong i mean the, the even the explosions at the end which were like outlandish were, were great they were they were just chunks of flesh and blood and everywhere is nice and gory <sighs> um the hole in the hand looked all right the the nail on the hand was terrible as in like <laughs> it was good and terrible um i don't know i i I think i think everything here was was really good i I think i i I appreciated this film
2: gore was tremendous outlandish is a perfect summation for me because like god yes like it it was so over the top but so beautiful like the, the simplest things like the nail through the hand uh you know it was another slow build and then at the very end, when everyone's exploding, it's like ketchup bottles being thrown on the ground. And it and it worked so well. It all played together beautifully. So when mm-hmm. gore can work so well in kind of all those mediums of gore, love it. Love it. This this movie did yeah. gore really well.
0: Right. Because it wasn't it wasn't just a let's watch as everybody's limbs get cut off. And that's the whole movie kind of thing where you just get this was. It was it was funny. It was. Yes. I, I don't know. I I think this was this was a cool I think keeping in those two those two areas, I think everything worked out really well.
2: I see what you're saying. Um, like it it's not like an immersion therapy kind of thing where it's like, look at this, look at this. Isn't this awful? Keep looking at it. No. No. It's just it's it's one and done. It's a quick cut, enough blood, mm-hmm. and it's it, it still fucking makes you kind of cringe and it's it's mm. great.
1: And the good thing was too you saw the effect of everything she went through. Because in a lot of other movies from scene to scene to scene, like the character goes through and she gets, or he gets like beat up or roughed up and bloodied. And then later on, they're completely clean or you see no ill effects of what they've been through. Every like step through this movie, you see her situation gets worse and worse and she gets more worn down and beat up and cut up. And that, I like that how they can stay consistent with that through the effects.
0: And if we're cool with that, let's move on to sound of music. I think, sound and music wise i I think they did everything well i I, i'm having a hard time remembering the music during the film i think it was just um it it was done well uh, i guess enough to to kind of blend into the back while also offering some suspense i think it was just a a standard standard but you know it, it was an orchestral score for pieces of it and then you also had the the one piece of you know the hide and seek music uh that that we talked about a little bit earlier i thought that was a nice uh beginning and end to this film and sound wise you know that they, they had some creaky walking down the hallways and you know that there wasn't it didn't play a huge factor into this but it didn't take me out of it nothing seemed odd
2: I, I i wonder was that song an original song or is that really like an old dusty record in someone's attic i love that song
3: it's mm.
0: <laughs> a good question yeah uh if you know uh tell us on on Twitter or or Facebook. Let us know if you uh, figure that out because I don't feel like Googling it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if we're cool there, I think I want to jump over to the boob meter Dan, can you give us the the rating scale for this week?
5: Yes, sir. So, um, as I said at the beginning, this is an actual place that they filmed it at. Um, There's actually like a whole wiki article and different articles that you can read about this place. But... um, do you know how many floors this place has? Take a guess. Six, five, more,
2: more, Mo- more than six,
5: more 12. twelve. Well, less than that. Eight. It has 15. seven floors. Shit. Nine. <laughs> Seventy-six. <laughs> um, it has seven floors. So, guys. How many of these floors would you explore if you were in this movie?
0: Ooh, all right. So, spoopy wise, I think out of seven, um, the suspense and gore in this was was kind of the, the majority of this. I, I guess, kind of just you know biting nails, waiting to see if she's going to survive. So, I, I would give it. I don't think I was terribly spooped. I would say maybe, um, maybe two floors two floors would, would get me through this uh but overall for this movie i really like this movie it was a lot of fun uh it was again one of the uh, my fiance does not watch these horror movies with me too often because she can't handle them um she forced herself to watch this with me and i think she actually enjoyed it she was really interested in that in that wedding dress like i said earlier and they uh, it was just it was fun it was like i said knives out even though this came before knives out it it had like that playful tongue in cheekness that, that we like to, to enjoy when we watch some of these films and, and like the the comedy was like right on right on cue. It was it was perfectly timed and I, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely of, of the season. I think this is one of one of my favorite ones that, that we watched and I would probably give it uh we'll say I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six floor. You know what? Six and a half floors. I'm gonna make it to a landing and then that's that's about as far as I'm gonna go. Six and a half floors.
3: Uh, for me, I I fucking love this movie. But um but I do agree. The spoopy wise, you know, a little bit more suspense and just the gore is really what was there. So out of the seven floors, spoopy wise, I'll give it a like two and a half. Um you know, I'll I, the, the the nail in the hand will get will put it up to three for me. Absolutely. But overall, I just I fucking love this movie. I think this is like the fourth time I've seen it within probably the last year to be honest or at least since it came out in uh, 2019 um i love i love the the whole cast i i loved just the de- development of so many characters i i loved every character even uh fitch the bitch um i thought samara weaving was fantastic uh just everything about it i love this movie Um, So I'm actually going to – I think this might be my first time doing it. I'm going to give it a full seven floors out of seven. Love this movie. Couldn't recommend it enough. If you haven't seen it, please see it. Yeah,
1: I really like this movie too. Uh, Spoopy-wise, like you guys both said, it wasn't like scary, but it was tense. You felt for the main character, Grace, and you sympathized with what she was going through. And you wanted to see her succeed and overcome everything she was going on. But it wasn't, like I said, overly scary. So, uh, spoopy-wise, let's say one and a half. So, I'm stopping on that landing, too. And uh, But overall, as a movie, I really did enjoy this movie. I would give it six floors out of seven. So, we're not quite at the penthouse floor. But we have a good view. We have a good view. Uh, I would definitely recommend this movie to anybody who hasn't seen it. Which I hope you have seen it if you listen to this podcast. Or else, you know what happens. Sorry spoilers
2: i i won't go on and on uh what i will say is like kyle said this movie works on a lot of levels my wife is also not overtly fond of watching a lot of the horror movies that we cover but this is a good one this is a good one you can watch around family and friends you don't have the uh the burden of knowing when the nudity is going to happen or uh any any rape scenes or anything that could be troubling to some some viewers that there's some troubling stuff right the the gore and you know. Uh, there's definitely, a, a modicum of things that would make, uh, uh, people like, uh, not like you and I uh, a little uncomfortable, which I like, those are my favorite things in life. Uh, that all that said, so spoopy. Yeah, it's, it's a suspenseful one, not scary. Uh, so we'll, I'm just going to skip that. My overall though, is probably going to be a, a solid five and a half out of seven. I enjoy the film, uh, I enjoy watching it with people. I enjoy using this kind of as uh, a medium in getting people into uh, deeper, uh, you know, deeper uh, horror themes and some darker subject matter.
5: Yeah, I'm. I'm... I was kind of quiet throughout this episode because I just don't have anything to like shit on this movie for. Like, I just wanted to keep all my positive praise for the end. I thought, like I said at the beginning, they they use a lot of vibrant colors in this. Uh, I think they did a great job at setting tones through different um, shots that they did and utilizing colors. I think the main character was very refreshing, and she's honest, and she acts the right way. She's not like, oh my god, the car left me, what do I do? She's like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit! So, so I, it's it's very refreshing to like see a real take on, on like a person's reaction to that the effects of it were fantastic. She punched a little kid in the face. That was hilarious. Um and uh, <laughs> I I hate Georgie so much. Um even though in a serious sense, I know he's just a victim of the circumstances that he was born into. But it was still amazing if you take away like the seriousness of it. Emily was fantastic. I can't get over how great she is. Just like the whole thing was so much fun. It's it's a really fun movie. Um, so and, and it kept me tense. So I'm going to say that overall, uh, spoopy-wise, I'm going to give it probably like a 4 out of 7. Uh, but then when it comes to overall, um, I, I'm going to go six out of seven. The, the movie's fantastic. It's like Knives Out, but a horror suspense type movie with comedy thrown in there. But it's done so well that it's fun to have that comedy in there rather than annoying. And now I'm going to stop talking. It was very good.
2: Movies are always yeah. great when they end with you like, shaking your head at the screen saying, good for her, good for her, right? <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and I, I think, like you said, like everybody else said, I, I think the the acting was just it was so perfect. Everybody's role here and every the the, the choices for the actors was uh, bar none probably one of the better groups of, of people. It, everybody had their own place and they filled it well. So, uh definitely, definitely suggested. I think we're all in agreement. It's not often that we get everybody on board with like this was a a good movie. So. Go watch it.
1: I was really impressed with the uh, the main characters acting too, Samara Weaving. Uh, she was also in re- – recently released uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, and she's very good in yes. that too. And I really do hope to see more of her, especially in like these horror-type movies. She was very good in it too. Uh,
3: she has two movies, uh, The Babysitter uh, movies on Netflix. Hmm. Mm,
1: cool. I have to check that out.
3: Yep, they are good. I do want to say yep. one
2: last thing. We do sure. need to have one more conversation. Um, and I don't know where we want to put this in, if you wanted to put it in somewhere earlier, but the conversation needs to be had. I have to know, guys, are there bylaws for this weird satanic family contract they have with Mr. LaBelle? So like, for instance, right? You got your long-term employees like Stevens. Right. He's clearly in on it. Like, does he get kind of ritualized into this? Is he part of it? Or what if you have an orgy, right? Is there like a subplot (laughs) bylaw? Like you have to, like, you have to like pass some sort of test or like, do you have to play any games? But the real question though, is what about divorces? Like, yeah, Mm. like, you know, legally that's, that's really all this marriage is without some sort of satanic contract in it. So like, if I get divorced from one of these chicks, and then, like, five years later, this night happens, and I'm having coffee with my new family, on, on, you know, <laughs> on a nice Sunday brunch. And then I explode at the dinner table. I, it, I, I have,
4: upset.
5: am I, yeah, am, am I still upset. liable? Yeah,
4: you'd be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, You're sitting I there
0: mean, like, in, in seriousness. I think they do talk about it don't they don't say like one of the the great uncles or something like that got a divorce oh yeah they mentioned like cousins
3: that just like tried to leave (laughs) Uh and I think they ended up dying because they know they mentioned one family that like they said like oh didn't the house just burn down like oh that's just what they want you to think
5: Mm -hmm. right
1: go ahead I was just gonna say I don't think people in this like class get divorced especially Mm. in the situation they're in with the whole satanic ritual cult, so I don't think divorce is an option because clearly Emily and David was it David David they hate each other. They don't get along. They fight. They argue, but they still stay married.
2: Those are brother and sister, yeah. uh, e- Emily and no, Finch.
5: No char- char- charity, charity and David. And David, yes. I was going to say, can but, you imagine? Like Jarvis is just sitting there, and and his wife is like, let's say it's Mallory. Mallory's like. Hey, did you see the stocks? And Jarvis is like, "Yeah, I saw them and they just blows up." And she's just, "Yeah, they they are exploding, aren't they? They're just going crazy." <laughs> I
2: it to, and also to Mike's point, like, you know, you make a compelling argument. I guess the answer to that is you just keep hiring more and more hot young maids.
1: Yes. So. that's yeah. a very good strategy. Oh.
0: Well, If that's it, then I do want to say thank you to Andrew Cavanaugh and Connor McLeod for our international music and the artwork. And I want to thank Travis if he's going to edit this episode. Thank you, sir. And uh, I think we are getting close to the end of our season. So make sure you uh, keep an eye on all of our social media stuff so you can see what our final, final episode is going to be and when we're coming back. So uh, thanks again. And Chris, what do you got?
3: Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time.
4: Subscribe to our Only Dance.